we um oftentimes uh talk about faith and and uh, you know and all that and so it's always good to understand what it is that we talk about when we say faith and uh, i think it's good for us to rest in the fact that your faith when you're believing god and you put your faith in god in his word uh faith has to be specifically focused on something you know, it just can't be lying out there uh, saying, I got faith. Well, put it to work. Let's see some results from it. And that's what faith is for, is to work on our behalf. And we need to know that our faith is the power in our lives. And so when we look at things that we desire, God has a method for um getting promises into our hands and that is that we have to believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths and so that's kind of a simple simplistic understanding of it but how do we believe in our hearts and this is the thing and sometimes we go out to move mountains and accomplish things and come back empty-handed so there's a little something to this faith thing. So I thought we might examine it a little bit more closely and, and see if we can come to a good understanding of how to use the power of faith in our lives to accomplish the things that God's promised to us. In Hebrews 4.2, if you'll turn there, you'll see an example here of uh, how... Uh, how not to respond to God's word in order to move forward and to obtain the promises we must empower his words with our faith so there's a mixing of him and us when you empower God's word with your faith your faith becomes his you invest your faith in God's word and as believers we take on the faith of the Son of God. So whatever you invest in you take on that. Say for instance if I invest in uh, Chase Bank. I know some people are boycotting Chase. I even forget why everybody's always boycotting something. But anyway if I invest in Chase Bank I have a portion of that bank's assets so I take on the life of that bank so to speak I take on the attributes I take on my portion at least of, of my investment whatever my investment uh, avails me I take that on so I come be I become identified in a sense with that bank you become identified with anything that you invest in whether it's your when you invest your money that's a form of faith that's faith that's made tangible by an asset that you have when you invest in real estate you become identified with that you possess it uh, you are responsible for it you maintain it so you and that 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 entity uh, become one in a sense the, you're responsible you have to uh, it goes with you if you pass away it still belongs to you or your estate so it's still attached to you in some way when we invest our faith in God though our faith becomes absorbed by the faith of the son of God and as long as we leave our faith invested in God we get the benefits 
of the covenant of God what we're believing him for so to speak what we're asking him for uh, and don't withdraw that investment you understand what I'm saying because it's possible to withdraw it you know you know what I'm saying you can get talked out of it Uh, you can get healed and go and tell 10 wrong people you know like the young man the young man who was born blind and then Jesus caught him in the temple and told him to go and sin no more in other words your great sin is listening to this unbelief you see you just can't have it both ways you know and and, you know while we're here while we park on the subject of whether your soul is hearing things or whether your spirit is hearing them because your spirit will will hear things and help you in a certain way your soul will hear them and do something else with what he hears and so you have to make sure your spirit stays engaged in the word of God that's why you know in a service we have worship music to start out with we're hopefully your your spirit is is edified uh, through your prayer praying in the spirit when you have your prayer here uh, it's good to stay locked into that and carry it over into the meeting you know through worship and and so your spirit is built up to where your spiritual ears are more attentive and more in the process than if your flesh just gets involved in it and in the word I had to sit down and just really admonish somebody not in this meeting uh, but they consistently were coming late to service and started to deteriorate in their health and I'd explain to him I say you know the reason you come into service and hear the worship is uh, so that it can prepare your heart to receive the word now you know people have been walking around in, in, in communion with God for years kind of get lost in the understanding of what they're doing the devil comes in and tells you well as long as you get there for the word but that word's not going to avail you anything if your flesh is too engaged and your your spirit's not engaged in it i mean you know these things we do to help people not to you're a bad person you know you're not real smart you know but don't take it that way people tend to take everything as you're after me this negative yeah, this is to help you you know you're the one who needs to be healed and so you know in the, the enemy will come in and tell you all kinds of lies it's not that important you're not missing that much you know you miss a lot well you know you have five days to do whatever in the world you want to do six and seven should be given totally over to the lord but you we can't do that well i was gonna steal something back yeah take this back you know all this kind of nonsense and so if we don't walk that perfectly with god that we don't need the assigned there are certain things assigned to you your service your worship your your all of the that you're you're sitting under the word those things are assigned to your life to help your life you start erasing enough stuff and your life won't be helped a whole lot so i think this person finally did hear me and understand all they were doing was tooling around you know they're up early you know just messing around putzing around just you know to say they don't have to do something you know trying to be exclusive but not in a good way you know they're excluding themselves from the blessings of god 
This happens with people when they've been walking with God a while. They get bored. They get crazy. They don't know how to stay before God and get refreshed in what he's doing for them. Make everything fresh and new. You know that kind of thing. They they don't have that kind of understanding of how to stay connected to God in the right way. And so many times people just see the years going by and I don't have this yet. And what am I doing this for? And they let the enemy entertain their minds long enough that they hardly their hearts against the word of God so there's certain things you guard yourself when you're under the word you certain things penetrate certain things you're going to push them back and not let them get through okay? it's wrong to do because it stunts your growth you won't go far you can't be selective in this you you have signed on to a covenant you've already agreed to lay all that down never to pick it up again and so once you you could reckon yourself dead to self and alive to God then you can move on in a good way in God he has good things for us but they won't happen if you're antagonistic towards certain things you guard yourself again I want to hear that that's not for me you know and fighting him that's hardness so this is what the children of Israel suffered from so in, in Hebrews, the end of chapter 3, he says this in verse 13. Exhort one another daily while it's called today. We don't like that. We don't want somebody coming up to us telling us to continue to believe God when we don't want to do it. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Anybody that's deceived has been in sin so long it's pathetic. You understand what I'm saying? There's something in there. Them is turned down from God. They're judging God in some way. Trying to help themselves to a new doctrine or something like that. It's just nonsense. And so we are. He's admonishing the church to to keep stirring each other up. Keep reminding each other of the word. Keep speaking the word to each other. Keep exalting God around one another. And he says... <clears throat> Lest any of you be hardened, says, for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to where? To the end. You've got to do this faithfully, continually, every day. You know, we look at people like Dr. Summerall passed away in his mid-80s, would have lived longer. It's just, you know, tired. Some people get tired. They feel done but at the end of his life God was giving him new ministries to do just like at the beginning it never changed throughout all those years and we admire people like that and rightfully so but he's saying we should all do that and he says while it is said today if you will hear his voice harden not your hearts as in the provocation in in the days in the wilderness when they provoked the Lord and he says In verse 17, but with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? To whom he sware that he should not let them enter into their rest because they didn't believe. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. So as long as we're uh, 
in turmoil, conflict, stressed. It's because there's something in God's word that we're fighting and we're not settling in and believing it and getting peace and rest on the inside of us. There's something we're still punching at and conflicting with. And so he says, let us therefore, in verse chapter 4 verse 1, fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest any of you should seem to come short of it for unto us was the gospel preached as well as to them but the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it so the key here is mixing the word with faith when you hear it you must mix that word with faith when you hear it. If the word is not mixed with faith, it is not empowered to do what it needs to do in your life. So that word first, we have to submit ourselves to God, rest in him, and then let him speak to us, giving us direction, giving us insight, revelation, comfort, whatever it is that we need from God. We have to put our our minds and our hearts at rest and just receive the word word that's in gets and let it get engrafted in us so that it will build confidence faith trust from from the entering in of the word is everything that we need in God built it's a simple process I remember years ago I taught on the creative let of the word the word of God creates what God wants it to create in us by us allowing it to come in it's 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 human and carnal to fight it and block it from coming in. So if we release all judgment, if we release all fear, if we release all resistance and let the word come in and do its work. And then when the word starts to penetrate our souls and the soul recoils against it, we command that soul to allow the word to enter in. No soul, you're not going to rob us of this word. This word is going to come in. It's going to benefit us. This is the real wrestling uh, that it talks about in, in uh, 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 I think it's Second Corinthians where it says that we, um, what does it say? Oh I can't think of the scripture. Casting down imaginations. That's it. This is how you cast them down. These are things that have been lodged in your mind all along. The word comes in when you mix the word with faith that word comes in and it looms over your 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 carnal fallen soul and it begins to challenge your soul to let it in challenge your soul to let go of its grip on you challenge your soul to quit robbing you and so as that word and it's a matter of your will which one you let in and which one you let out pride will always make you want to defend yourself against anything new introduced into your life and so your pride will want to say well it's not that important yeah this is oh yeah yeah he's always got some kind of foolish wisdom you know to give us to challenge it and so as this word begins to come in it has already because it's mixed with your faith it's already started to dismantle this stronghold in your mind that's been hindering it from coming in and helping you. And so whenever something is being broken down and threatened it's going to fight back. 
so you find out your soul fights back twice as hard as it ever did because now it's got before it was comfortable because you didn't have anything coming in to challenge it now it's gotten a little uncomfortable because here's something knocking at the door that's going to threaten its dominion in your life and so when we understand that you know people say things like well how come i have to be wrong all the time it's always a warning that god's trying to do something in you and you're not allowing it to do because your soul now feels threatened and he feels like he's got to come to his own defense against your spirit man hmm? it's your spirit man that wants to dominate he's going to be your best friend he's the one that's going to keep you alive in trouble he's the one that's got all the courage and the confidence and the power everything strong is on his side and incorporated in him so the flesh being weak anything weak is going to cry loudest complain the hardest you know slam the most doors run off in tears anything weak is going to do that and so when we see that weakness emerging we need to oh hallelujah this thing is about to get out of my life if i stay on the right road here this thing that's been standing in my way all these years is about to come down and so if we'll stay with faith and stay with the word and we will find our victory and we'll find greater 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 power than we've ever known before so it says verse 3 we which have believed that do enter into a rest you know once you start believing god even though there may be turmoil in your mind there's a rest because your spirit man now dominates and he's the one that gives you rest your flesh can't give you any rest are you kidding me You're, you can feed your flesh uh, uh, a steak, furs, diamonds, a mansion, everything, and it's still screaming for more. Your flesh is never satisfied with anything. Why? Because he deals with what's out here. What he can see and what his crazy imagination can conceive. And so when you start adding all those things together and you understand what your spirit man is up against. Uh, yeah you'll hasten to the, the, the uh, meeting when it's time to go into me. You, you'll run in there and get you some fresh word because you know that's going to keep you to get to that next place in your promise. Because if you if you draw back and start falling back then your flesh man has more time to fight that word that's trying to get planted in there and pretty soon you're right back at square one you say man i haven't been this low since i was a new christian you know trying to struggle to pay my bills or trying to struggle to do this or trying to struggle to do that and so we have to be careful to allow this process this simple process that god has conceived for us to get understanding to get empowered to get the things that we need in life we've got to really uh, maintain that and be vigilant and and to protect that faith that he's putting in there because that faith is very very precious you can't treat it like anything you know you can't treat it uh, like it's not important or like you're in charge of it you know this is the other thing this is the other deception we get into we think we're in charge of our faith we're in charge of what we want from god or we you know somehow you make these decisions out of nowhere no i tell people you know things that god puts in in your heart are in there 
and and they're dormant until they're awakened by faith. You know, they have to be awakened by the word and be awakened by faith. You know, that's why sometimes when God gives you a prophecy, it sounds familiar to you because it's in there in some form. You know, as God, you got to get a witness in there. That witness doesn't mean it's not new to you. It just means that somebody just brought it out so you can see it. Got me? It's like, say, for instance. Uh, you know, say a, a a woman that's that's getting ready to deliver a baby. You know, when the baby is born, then you finally get to see what that thing was that was in you kicking and making you sick and making you crave things and all that kind of stuff. Before you had an understanding, something was there, but now it has a form, it has a shape, it has identity, all that kind of stuff. It's the same thing with anything that dwells within us in God. It's in there in some form. It's it's you can tell about what it is, but it has doesn't have definition and it doesn't have identity until it's identified by God. You got me? So things that are in there for us, we we are there maybe in seed form and kind of a dormant form. And the, the word of prophecy will bring it to life. Or when we sit under the word in the meeting, that brings it to life. But these things should not be totally foreign to us. They should have a familiar ring in some way when when God calls people to ministry you know when when they'll say different things like you know I kind of always felt something you know whatever you know however you describe it or or you know you'll pray and ask God well Lord you send me here and there and then you realize well where did that come from how did I form those where did that you know that kind of thing and so you you get that impression that that something's in there and the word and faith when you mix that word with faith it gives it shape form and definition it begins to come together it gets clear to you and then pretty soon it gets to be put together and you begin to walk in the reality of those things so faith we need to mix faith with what we hear because faith energizes the word and makes it alive and living. You can't obey something that's dead. Not with all the life of God in you. You can only obey what's living. You know if you try to obey dead things. You'll be depressed and bored. You walk like a zombie through life. You know you stressed out all the time. Can't handle things and all of that. Faith gives movement. And makes the word produce what it says in our lives. So if you are believing God for health and healing, you mix those scriptures you hear with faith. You might have to stop a little bit and see la. No, just meditate and park there for a little bit and let that word come in there and start to bear a little more fruit in your life. Never take for granted when a, a, a scripture is familiar to your ear that you have it in your heart. No. Look at all the other stuff we hear. Yeah, whatever your flavor. Some people like Oprah, Dr. Ah, some people like preachers, you know, fundraisers I call them, you know, it's very very little preaching done. You know. At least James and Betty are up front about it. They let you know we're here to get you see all these starving kids, God told us to feed them. Did you better give us some money? You know what I'm saying? I mean to me and and trust me, I give. Now when I see people doing really what God called them to do, I remember over twenty years ago when they got that prophecy, James was uh he was 
packing out crowds of meetings. I mean, he was a prosperous, uh, uh, popular evangelist. And I remember them partnering with uh, Peter Pretorius over in South Africa. And they still are the, the link to getting the stuff directly to the people. So a lot of people give to you know ministries anything you can give a lot of money and they find out the guerrilla warlords took all the money and the people still starving you know and so here was God making a way into where the people were really suffering and he told the Peter told them that if they would start this ministry for God they would never lack they would they would live a life of comfort and peace and all that kind of stuff and they undertook it they just did it and, and obeyed God and so you know when you see something like that you you know they're legit what they're doing you know what I'm saying and so but uh, there are some people on there that are professional fundraisers, you know, and very little word, push their books and tapes and everything else, you know, and, and that's their purpose. So, you know, you got to know the difference between the two. So, but, you know, we hear a lot of things, folks. You get a lot of things mixed in with your hearing. And so then when God begins to send the word of faith to you, that word that is for you right then, that that's your assign, your assign assigned to a place of worship you're assigned to a certain leader or pastor whoever's over you are assigned to that place and so God will send that word to you in your assigned place you know the rest of it you may get something out of it but you got to be in your assigned place you know God's he's he's good about making sure his kids obey him you know what I'm saying you just you can get a whole lot you can get a whole lot I see many times people uh, you know, and this is a scripture that I always look at as far as understanding the yield or the the fruit that you get out of words that are sown to you. And you know, the ministers that are sowing to you are entitled to reap your carnal fruits. If you don't send them anything, you don't get much off that word. You know what I'm saying? So, and and it's you know sometimes it means buying a book that they you know and it, that book feeds you or something like that but for the most part you have an assigned place in God to get fed you know you won't get fed anywhere else you know you get out there and and look and glean and try to get a little bit here a little bit there you know I live long enough serving God to witness these things that wandering little herd that's always hungry and never quite gets fed there's a place for those people if they get in that place so when the faith gives faith though gives movement it makes that word come alive and is what we call quickening us by the spirit and so that word comes in and penetrates and and brings life to your spirit man very similar to uh what it's like in 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 natural reproduction when uh egg is fertilized there is a life spurt that comes into that egg and it energizes all the cells and they start to replicate reproduce they were there all along but now has come a power to make that whole thing happen and come alive and that's the way it is when our faith meets God's word you mix that word with faith you put it in your your little bowl with your little beater in there and (laughs) don't beat it up too much but you open your heart 
to the word of God. Not harden it and shut it down and say you don't want that right now. But you know you open your heart up to the word of God. You know it's like uh, uh, you know little toddlers when they first start eating. They kind of like to taste everything until you give them something sweet. They done tasting. Just give me that sweet stuff all the time, you know. And so <laughs> you can forget it getting them green and they don't even look right. I don't know why they don't dye the peas pink or something or whatever. But you know what I'm saying. They don't even look appetizing. I don't blame the baby. <laughs> you know, it's a sure sign the baby ain't going to eat it if the mother's kind of holding her nose while she's sticking it in. You know how that goes. But anywho, <laughs> but we have to eat the whole thing. There are certain things that are for our, uh, you know, I would say they're easy to receive. The blessing side is easy to receive. The obedience side is a little harder. And so there are some words that will be sown into your heart as manners of of preparing the soil of your heart. So that when that word comes in for the blessing or for the thing you desire, it will be able to stay planted in there because your heart's prepared. You know, it's like dug up and the fallow ground's gotten loose. There's a a trusting of God in there. There's some things that God uh, will cause us to endure, you know, and, and just stay put and stay put. Enjoy and and uh, a good attitude and a trusting attitude, not just hanging on and waiting, wondering when it's going to be over with, and filling our mind with all of that stuff. But you know, just just have a peace and a a trust in God throughout all things. That test is going to come to everybody. And it'll come over and over again, uh, because I can remember when I was first saved. I, it took it seemed like it took so long for me to not be housebound, not be on pills, not have to go see the psychiatrist, not have to go to my seventeen twelve step programs. Oh, not twelve here, seven. Excuse me, wrong meeting. No, your name's on the list. Come on in. Okay, my seven step and my twelve step programs. You know. But it was necessary. God doesn't do anything. He'll leave you in the stew longer than you need to stew. He just, you know, it's necessary. If you stay a little longer, what harm have you done? It's good for you. It was good for me to humble myself and stay in groups with with all kinds of people. You know, just looking for help. Let me know how many people need help out there in the world. Christians, non-Christians, it doesn't matter if God sends you there for help. You got to stay there until they help you. And and get what help there is for you there. And when that's over with, then he moves you on. And so it, it showed me how universal the cry for help was. You know, it affects all kinds of people, all races and religions and backgrounds, all kinds of people need help. And and so it, it helped open my eyes to the possibilities for the gospel, you know. Everybody needs prayer for something, you know. So it, it's just that way. So, uh, you know, the one thing God wants us to do is when that word is sent to us. If you're in your assigned place and that word is sent out, it's sent to you. That's the best place to trust is where you're assigned. You know, everybody else, you got to kind of put the guard up and try to figure out. If, ah, 
but you know where you're assigned, you can relax. You don't have to be on edge and judging everything. And what, what, yeah, what, let me look that up in the Greek and see if she know what she's talking about. Yeah, all that nonsense. You know, you, you, you have a place now where God has placed you so that you can receive what He says and what's good for you. So He doesn't allow us to choose to believe some of the word and ignore the other. His word is not to be ignored. I remember Pastor Shirley and I were in a, the church, first church where we were. We were sitting there was one, you know, he, they had a lot of little ministers were ordained. Some of them just went. Some were sent. Some were <laughs> gifted. Some weren't. So here you go. Wednesday night was the night where all we used to call it amateur hour, you know, because you mean people just. Like God called me to preach, and you know, and really, to be honest with you, there are some ministers. You know, if you feel this this way, and, and God's shown you this, they'll just set it up. Well, when do you want to do your trial sermon? And they'll announce so and so feels called to preach. His trial sermon is anybody wants to come, come. You know, and so you know you might get a trickle of people, but you know this was the regular Wednesday service, and so he would turn it over to. You know the trial uh, ministers, and so was Pastor Shirley and I were sitting there getting tortured, and so so when we got out of the meeting, uh, she told me she said, "You know what?" She said, "I got convicted." I said, "You did?" She said, "Yeah." She said, "You know what?" God told me. He said, "She's preaching my word." He said, "He said she's not doing as good a job as some people. She's preaching my word," and so we just felt, you know, then was it was a different day altogether for the both of us. I was so glad she shared that with me. But she said, she said, and I started to listen to her. She said she had a few good points here and there. You know, and so harden not your hearts, folks. You know, when when that word comes forth. Now, I do protect people here. I, if God hasn't told me somebody should get up there and preach, I don't let them. You know, or if you find out their doctrines goofy enough to goof people up, now you have some people say some things that aren't hitting the mark, and then it's amazing. People always come up to me later and and tell me, was that right what they said? You know, this and that and the other, and and so it's it's always good to be discerning but you know how to open yourself up to hear the word and I think when you open yourself up to hear it the Holy Spirit does the you know he'll bat the ball back over the you know he's your tennis guy in there helping you to defend against and deflect the ones that don't really register right then so when we but we if we try to pick and choose the word our souls are more engaged in our spirit and see you'll rob your spirit of the feeding and the revelation you're supposed to get by trying to do that job yourself. And let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you in all truth. He knows where you are. Like people would ask this question, why did God allow false prophets? Well, he did it after the council. You don't have to ask us permission. And you can tell what they're saying is, God don't make it so hard for us. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Why does God make it hard for us? It's not hard for you. You just have to depend on God. He tells you what to do. When uh, you know the Old Testament people prophesy falsely here. You just don't receive what they say. 
you know or leave it out there and let God confirm it to you and so our spirits are not engaged when this happens but the soul and especially the emotions are hearing the word you don't want your flesh engaged in the hearing of the word because then your heart heart really will get hardened so in order to mix the word with faith we have to humble ourselves to God choose to believe the whole of God's word that's what trust is trust is choosing to believe the whole counsel of God if you trust a person you'll choose to hear what that person has to say about everything you know I don't want to talk about it don't talk to me about that you know that kind of stuff you if you're trusting somebody you trust them all the way and you can discern if what they're saying is applicable but you're willing to hear them you understand what I'm saying so it's important what we hear I would I tell people you know and if you're going to trust somebody with counsel that you pray about who to seek for that kind of stuff you just don't have everybody embrace everybody into your life you know you just you have to you have to understand that God has a way of sending the right people to you for the things that you need <clears throat> so humbling yourself before God having that trust of God and choosing to believe the whole of God's word will open you up to great possibilities and revelation in God selective faith really is unbelief when you're talking about the word of God if you're selecting what to believe from God's word that's really fostering unbelief and there are no exceptions to God's law you know, one of the common things I hear people say, I can pray for people, I can have faith for people to get all kinds of things, but I just can't believe for myself. I say, there's no such thing. What's wrong with you? You don't want to believe for you. Somebody write somewhere. You understand? But faith does not work that way. Faith in God works irrespective of persons. So there's no such thing. You, this is just pride. You're just trying to. To tell yourself you're getting miracles for people. How dare we do that? It's not right. It's not true. It's a lie of the devil. Or people say I can have faith for blessings and money but no faith for healing. Of course you can. You're just scared to say no to the doctor. You're scared somebody's going to make you quit going to the doctor. That's what they always You mean I can't go to the doctor? You can go anywhere you want to go. But you call my number asking for God to help you. And I'm trying to help you the way God would help you. Huh? I don't see anybody went to Jesus and started talking to him about a doctor. Faith is not selective when it comes to God's word. You can't. You want to believe for certain things more than others. But God's really not going to let us do that. He's really not. You're not going to be able to just go through with your little lust and your greed and run through God's kingdom and grab up all the gold and run out and spend it. And then think that that uh, he's going to honor that. And then when you when you get to need healing, what are you going to do then? Huh? So he's going to let you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. See, God wouldn't dare leave you 
defenseless you know give you all this money and then you're you're in a coma somewhere you can't do anything with it so god looks out for all of it and so we try to shut down when it comes to certain things because we feel like we don't need that or we don't want that but that's the very thing that your next blessing in god could hinge on and that is accepting all of his word so the your faith though your spirit man is capable of believing all of god's word you just have to free him up to to believe and he's capable of obeying all of god's word there is nothing that god will put in your path to do that's not accomplishable through your spirit man your flesh man needs to just go on a long vacation and let your spirit man have the show because your spirit man is full of confidence in God you know sometimes what we hear people saying and we think they're bragging or they're arrogant or something like that is really a boast in the Lord it's a confidence in God and and you have to to not cast that away you know you've got to hold on to that confidence because that's the one thing the enemy will try to shake you loose from is your confidence in God he'll he'll want to get you over on wavering street where he can you know in wavering you know he controls that so he's got all kinds of distractions there to make you waver and they sound his his excuses for you not receiving what you need sound plausible to your your flesh man and they'll sound like reasonable excuses for not receiving what god has and not expecting god to do anything for you you know if if you get on on a a a condemnation trip you know where you do something wrong and you don't go to god and repent and confess that and and get your conscience blood washed you'll run around trying to make up for that and do all kinds of things and then you're you're so busy on wavering street that you don't get back on straight street where your faith would lead you to see obedience in the word will put you right back on the road and see this is what religious folks hate they hate it when they see somebody who's like a perpetual cut up doing the things of god i was thinking about the tada yeah, Todd White. His relative, he got relative, relatives praying for him to get saved. He gets saved, and they still can't stand him. You know, it's just it's amazing because he didn't. Get, I guess he didn't get them dreads cut off, or he didn't get a suit, or something like that. Whatever. But um, hey, what are you gonna do? You 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 got to understand that when your sins are forgiven, they're forgiven. And when you forgive others, you must forgive others, or yours aren't forgiven. So don't don't trip on yourself. You know, it's it's a walk with God. It's an obedience to God, and and we're deceiving ourselves if we think we can hold on to animosity against another person and say our sins are forgiven. It's you know, you got to do the whole thing, folks. You can't do part of it. Do the parts you like to do and try to get excused from the rest you can't live like that i want to do everything i can for god i want to cut any corners and you don't have to do that you don't have to pray like that you don't have to do that i mean come on now pretty soon we cut enough pieces out of that quilt we'll have holes in it it won't cover us you need to know your faith can be released or withheld (laughs) oral roberts understood this when he would talk about the point of contact he said a point of contact is an object or situation 
that will trigger you to release your faith. One of the things that of course we all know the ministry of the laying on of hands. That's when your faith is released into that individual. So the minister releases his faith when he touches that person needing the prayer. Or sometimes their their faith is released in Jesus name. They'll say that sometimes. So you have to work that out uh, within yourself. But always release faith uh, in some way. When you minister the word and you touch people and, and that kind of stuff. Or you speak to them and that touch releases your faith uh, through the laying on of hands. Um it, that's released when that person, when they touch the person needing prayer. It's best if the person comes in faith. Then the faith that they bring will cause the faith of the that's resident in the minister to be drawn out. So that when that contact is made, their faith permission meets the faith anointing on the words in, in the uh, hands of the minister. So it's best if the person comes in faith. We said that when their faith meets the minister's faith, the anointing moves to perform the word. The anointing, the power of the Holy Spirit is the performer. Faith is the door. Faith is the power that sets all of this up. Faith will not work in an atmosphere of darkness. It works by love. Love is light and love is life. There is no darkness in God. There's only faith, love, light, things that pertain to life. Light always brings life. Unless you're a mushroom. You know. <laughs> There's a few things that a few things that grow in darkness. You know, you're a mushroom or a devil, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And there's a little spark of light light in there somewhere. We just can't see it, you know, it's flashlight light, but whatever. But faith does not work in an atmosphere of darkness. Man. So you know, that's why you ever notice when people complain nobody wants to be around them. You know, it's like the downer of the and that's the nation of Israel, you know, that that's what really separated them from God was their stout words. Remember he said, Your words are stout against me. And God left us here to do this. And there was no lifting up, there was no thanksgiving, there was no appreciation. The things that bring life to the human spirit were were uh, away from the people and so they suffered the the effects of their darkness. The darkness they released that around themselves. That was wasn't just there for them. They could have created an atmosphere of obedience and light and life whenever God said choose life. Choose choose what you're going to believe. Choose to serve me. Choose. You have the choice. So faith really um, I see it as, as being like a, a, a star getting the red carpet treatment. You know, faith kind of comes in. It's very precious and very valuable. It's top notch. It's uh, uh, essential. And so there has to be a proper atmosphere created for your faith. And it's always ushered in by love. Love is the usher that brings faith in to its rightful place in your life. 
that brings it in to cooperate with the word of God that's in your heart to bring the promise forth. So faith needs bodyguards, ushers, helpers. It needs an entourage. You know what I'm saying? Faith works by love. Faith has to have an atmosphere created around it where it can work. It just can't come in and and do stuff anywhere. And so we have to maintain that atmosphere. It's our job to maintain the entourage for faith. You know, just can't come to work and you know you feel in any kind of way and faith starts pushing you and poking you and waking you up come on let's get up let's get going that's the holy spirit's job if that gets done you understand what i'm saying it's nobody's job to make us want anything but faith will will come into a situation and because it's so powerful it must protect itself from being uh misused or assumed to be involved in certain situations where it's not involved does that make sense you know faith because there are certain elements it's like for instance uh, you've seen some of the old westerns where they would uh, uh, they would transport TNT in that little vial and they had that it couldn't be moved it couldn't be jostled it couldn't be because it was so explosive it would just get off over every well faith is like that faith is so powerful in the realm of the spirit that it must be protected and contained so that it's released only in certain situations certain ways because it's specific to what you're asking for See, if faith weren't that way and and released under certain conditions, when you would go and, and say something negative to somebody, that thing would hang over them and haunt them and disturb their life. You got me? Now, words are important, but don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted. Your words ain't that powerful against somebody. They can deflect that, put their shield of faith up, keep that from penetrating, or just tell you, go jump off a bridge somewhere. They ain't listening to you. Who you think you are? You can't talk to me. And so there are all kinds of ways that we can deflect words away so they're not as powerful. And so when we do that, we are really protecting the faith that is in us because if we mix those words with faith, we start believing something that's not that we don't want to see come to pass and so God gives everybody that that protection that uh, will your will does a lot of this you know you have to will to believe certain things I remember working in surgery and people had all kinds of different reactions to the sounds that went on in the operating room there's some people that would you give them as much dope as you could give them to put them to sleep and they sit right up after a while you know that that will desired there was something in them that desired not to cooperate with that process I can remember having surgery myself as an adult and at some point I resigned myself to the fact that I had to submit to this if I woke up I woke up if I didn't wake up I didn't wake up and it's very common with people who have just everyday surgery there's a resignation to the process there are some people that hold on when they get under you know and then pop up again awake and you know you know the 
you're everybody's got your, your bandit masks on your mouth, you know, and then you see those eyes look around at you know, and everybody's eyeballing everybody. You're scared to say anything because you don't want to, you know, it's an eyeball game because they're not responding in the normal natural way, you know, and the anesthesia guys. I can't give them anymore, you know, I'll kill them, you know, kind of thing. What do we do, you know? And so it, it's, it's that human will, though, that determines if it goes in or if it don't go in. Very powerful. Very powerful, the human, the human uh, soul, psyche, spirit, internal workings of the human being. Very powerful to do what we want to do, you see. The devil's the only one who will paralyze your will. He doesn't respect your will. He'll take your will. And you, know, you respect it and I respect it and God respects it. But he doesn't respect it. And that's how he works. Wears you down to see if he can get in your life. But faith because it it would be so explosive to get involved in everything. Has to limit itself to certain conditions. Certain aspects of your life. All of that kind of stuff. It's all done. By your allowing faith to be mixed with what you hear. So that's why when we need to be healed. What do we do? We keep hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And grabbing for it over and over and over again. Because we know that if we continue to mix with faith everything we hear as far as hearing our bodies is concerned. At some point that sickness is broken and health will spring up. We, we know how to do that on a voluntary basis. The thing we have to do also is keep an atmosphere of love in our hearts so that that faith can be planted in good soil and can work. The worst thing in the world you can do is go to God for healing and you can't stand people. You know, I remember that uh, testimony <coughs> we heard that lady. We went, remember years ago we were in Lansing at one of Robert's meetings, and that woman really she died in that hospital, and she says she had such animosity in her heart for church people. That's why the devil rides on the shoulders of everybody that comes into church so he can get on, you know. And so he'll do it because he knows that if he can get us fighting as a body, get your, if you get, get your body fighting against itself and see what kind of trouble you get. That's what happens in cancer. You know, the body's fighting against it. Lupus is fighting against itself. MS, it fights against itself. All major diseases, it fights against itself. And so when we know that we have to create that atmosphere for faith to work, you know, you know what you got to do. We all get busy. We get hunkered down in it and go to God. God, you know, if there's anybody I have anything against, I'm just asking you to forgive me. If I need to call somebody and reconcile, I'll do that, Lord. And it's, We need to get down to business here so my faith can work to manifest the miracle that I need in my life. And your faith can perform miracles, but it's ushered in by love. Love is faith's usher. You got me? Uh, I was listening. I this is a late uh, uh, a woman of God. I friended on Facebook. She has some of the most interesting posts. I sit there and read them. I said, "Did she say that?" And she'll she'll announce her meetings, and they sound so exciting. You know, I mean, you think, man, I would like to bring there. She said, "Oh, the Holy Ghost told me he go pour out that. Bring your own usher." We. <laughs> 
just wow. We gonna lay on the floor and this yeah, well, just bring your own usher, you know, uh, somebody a private person to get you up and down, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. But I think about faith having the ushering effect to get into our lives but also faith must be helped by certain things you add to your faith see faith needs something uh, um, patience stamina strength virtue to make it last in your life to sustain it because we so easily get knocked out of love you know it's it's just and I'm not saying we're bad people. I'm saying we're people walking through a landmine of setups by the devil. Most of this is setups by the enemy that we're not smart enough to understand. We have to be vigilant over these areas for our faith to work. We may be waiting for our promise to come in and be frustrated and angry and upset. Now you're not waiting on anything in God if you've got all that darkness around you. You wouldn't even recognize the promise of God if he sent it to you. And many people don't. They refuse what God sent them because well, I don't want this. You know. Critical. So faith can perform miracles. We, we need to understand that. Faith creates a holy atmosphere or faith needs love I'm sorry love creates a holy atmosphere for faith to be ushered into so when faith works by love love is the holiness of the atmosphere that faith needs to have created around it for it to work now Peter saw this I forgot to look up my scripture I think it's I hope it's Matthew something it's the one of the miracle catch is that Matthew or Mark where the disciples are in the boat and they toiled all night? Mm. Hang on. Like I said, probably. Let's see if it's Mark. I know it's one of them four. Uh, here we go. Like I said, Luke. I knew that was Luke. Thank you. Is that the only account of it? I hope. <laughs> it's probably another one. Yeah. All right. We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> ah, yeah, this is the one. Okay, so in, in Luke 5 5, you know, Jesus went out and, and taught in their ship. And so, uh, it, it, this is really a good offering situation. I always tell people, you know, that uh, if for people who need, can believe God, you know, everybody believes God. Oh, it's a seed. I'm waiting for my due season. But your due season can be an immediate turnaround of your your finances. And so this is one we need for the immediate turnaround. Uh, Jesus was uh, in verse 2, two ships standing by the lake. Fishermen were gone out of them, were washing their nets. He entered into one of the ships and he prayed him that we thrust out a little. So he preached and taught. He used this. So Peter really had a portable church for Jesus to win souls in. And so uh, prophet's reward is due him. And so Jesus turned him now launch out into deep and let down your nets. And they told him we've toiled all night. Now see here is the atmosphere. Jesus is, is setting up an atmosphere and Peter is refusing it. 
So you have a conflict here of atmospheres about to be created. And this is going to come back to haunt Peter because he's going to have to repent later of it. And you'll see that. And Simon answered, we toiled all night. And then he says, nevertheless at your word. In other words, man-pleasing response. You know, he sees Jesus is not liking what he's saying. It's ne- but, you know, we'll do it to please you. Just you know that patronizing so they had so many fishes the nets broke called the the you know two fishes two boats full of fish nothing like they've ever seen before in verse 8 when Simon Peter saw it he fell down on at Jesus knees saying depart from me for I am a sinful man O Lord so his his darkness was exposed by the light of miracles and so if there is and this is why miracles are so important as evangelist at evangelistic meetings because great conviction of sin will come in a miracle working atmosphere it's always there the holiness of god pervades that atmosphere and and there is like a a stillness of all human flesh and when human flesh comes when that word that peter was speaking in in, in that darkness he was projecting out came back at him and was exposed as darkness to him what could he do but fall on his knees and ask forgiveness and so this is the thing that will happen when the Holy Spirit begins to manifest and work and, and manifest and, and bring to pass the word of God. There is that holy atmosphere actually increases, begins to dominate, begins to pervade and it will not be stopped unless some darkness comes that won't fall on its knee. See, this is what happens in revivals. That people will, will get so on one accord and people can hear from God and understand God and, and interpret by the Holy Spirit speaking to them. And if they will obey whoever's in charge, they will obey what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Great miracles will occur in those atmospheres. But there's so many times where somebody wants to get up and say an errant word or, you know, like the holy hush when it's not as holy to contain people as needs to be. You know, sometimes when people don't show up at one of the conference meetings, they weren't supposed to be there really for what went on. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's just, you know, the types. They just got to get the mic. They got to say something. They, you know, they're there for them, not to receive from God. And so those those kinds of atmospheres when they dominate. If people can come under authority and obey the person that's hearing from God to allow that atmosphere to increase, people will be drawn that don't even you don't advertise for. You understand what I'm saying? People will be drawn just by God is saying, "Go here because your answer to your prayer is here." Or God's got something for you is here. If that atmosphere is allowed to be pervasive and prevail, and so when Jesus allowed them uh, that 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 uh, miracle catch, that reward for their service to the Lord, that left an impression on them. And faith will always leave an impression on us. We don't have to remember the miracles that were done or anything. But there's a faith. There's like an imprint 
in your spirit of where faith has taken you and that imprint is still there it's like a memory it's like um, uh, uh, what they say happens with a uh, uh, an inoculation you know if you get a vaccination against disease that that little bit that they give you gives your cells an opportunity to make antibodies to fight it and they remember the next time you run into a germ and they'll they'll uh, get up and start rising up and fight that thing again doesn't mean that you haven't had a little bit of tb it just didn't dominate your your body like that because you these things remembered that they fought this thing before we fought you before and we won and so your faith makes that a kind of impression in your spirit look we've been here before that's why it's good to keep your heart open to every word of God mix every word you hear with faith so that you can have that imprint on the inside of you that's why the spirit of prophecy works the way it does it's a faith imprint even though it didn't happen to you you can hear that testimony if it's God and it really happened and God did it just like he's telling people to say that he did it that imprint gets on everybody you know some people I didn't get up there to give a testimony you're going to miss it you're going to miss it 90% miss it the 10% that are hungry grab onto it you know I may not need this tonight but I'm sure glad it happened and when I need it it's in there you understand me and so and then that that's just the way faith is because it's holy and if your heart's right it gets planted into a a comfortable atmosphere for it to grow and help you in your life every time you turn around it'll be there for you so faith is the star it gets ushered in by love uh you know hopefully that's a good enough analogy for you to remember that a holy atmosphere must be created for it to perform the miracles it can jesus released his faith to the disciples to believe him to obey there's got to be obedience so here's faith coming to them by the word of God they hear it they obey it and and they get the result of the word of God I always wonder what they might have caught if Peter hadn't said those words just a thought I know Jesus had the had faith without measure but then his faith sometimes too was limited to the recipients remember there were people who come to him with half a faith help my unbelief and he'd work with them and work with them and get them to get what they asked for but this was a reward that was coming straight from God you know you just wonder hopefully Peter believed Jesus from then on and they never ran into a financial problem again I think that's what this was for because it was early in the beginning of their ministry and in the beginning of ministry God will oftentimes lay out a confidence that you have that he will always meet those needs now to be tested but you've got to understand if God told me to do this he's going to pay for it if I'm faithful over what he's given me and manage it properly I should have no problem with God making the provision. You understand what I'm saying? You just got to keep releasing your faith for it.
you know there are times we'll we'll come real close and I said you know what God I said I think I haven't been releasing my faith for this I said let me let me stop this and get back forgive me I'm I'm gonna get back where I need to be you know and and let's get this show on the road so we can continue to to do the things and, and expect the things that we we expect to do one of the things that that I have to have confidence is is that when I remind people to pay on pledges God is providing the money to them and sometimes we get so caught up in what we're doing in ourselves personally we forget vows that we've made and so we need to remind ourselves of our vows we need to remind one another and I believe if you pay vows first you don't have any struggles with any other area of your life that's just that's just the way the word the word lines up that way is to do what you need to do for the Lord first place so praise God how much time we got Miss Juana we can save this for 12 minutes all right so Jesus gave them that miracle catch and like I said faith leaves an imprint in your heart in your spirit and I believe that imprint was left with the disciples so that they could never fear about personal provision any longer as long as they were with Jesus remember they they walked with Jesus and and, you know they were always provided for after Jesus died and they thought he was gone forever says what happened they went fishing you know they picked up those nets again and went back to their old occupation and so it's it's common to when we feel the miracle is gone or we can't trust God anymore whatever whatever to pick up what we used to do (laughs) You see that with people, you know, you people try to believe God or whatever they think they're doing with their faith. I feel bad for people that that try to stay engaged in the things of God just with their works or with their flesh and their hearts not in it. You know, your heart's not pure toward God. You know, you start to build up resentment. You start to feel that God isn't you know this is all a mind game the devil does with us and you know we're silly enough to entertain it you know and all of that and then eventually people get worn down what they see in the natural starts to match up what they think is supposed to happen to them because of some flaw or deficiency and until that's corrected people won't receive God's word they'll they'll wind up fighting it and uh and refuting what God has put you know here for them to enjoy you know just as they were overjoyed when they got saved and overjoyed when he uh made them the first gave them the first blessing they can get just as bitter and negative if they don't stay in that atmosphere of walking in love and and understanding and helping uh, knowing God is their helper and not their foe when you get to comparing yourself with others the level of blessing that they have versus what you have uh, you're on the wrong road because God admonishes against that we have one person to measure up to and that's Christ and if we spend our time endeavoring to look to that as our example instead of mere men around us uh, 
you know we're all in the same boat as far as I'm concerned I'm believing God for the next whatever just like you're believing God but you've got to believe that God is a God without partiality if you've got anything screwy in your brain about God it'll eventually manifest it may take a lot of years to manifest but it'll manifest eventually and so God works I think very uh, very diligently to get all of those things ironed out you know all the wrinkles and spots in the garment he wants to get them pressed and cleaned and and ready for him because these things will be a snare to us and will eventually trip us up in our walk with God and so faith because it works like by love is an automatic it's its automatic umpire and policeman against misuse See because anytime you walk in love whatever you're on the right road with God and you can expect that your faith will work and it will bring the results that you need in your life. When you don't walk in love that faith will not uh, uh, uh explode right in your life you understand what I'm saying because because it's a fragile commodity that's ready to be released in your life to to bring that blessing in and uh, you know faith is like that that's why they call it dunamis you know the anointing or the power of God is a dunamis power because it has the ability to blast out things that aren't going to help you and and help you enjoy what you have in God all that it's, it like clears it all out for you and at the same time it plants the answer the promise the goodness of God with all the fruit of the spirit it's like a full course dinner with you know the right size toothpick at the end you know you don't have to put your fingernail in there and try to you know <laughs> it'll even even go under your bridge work and you know floss for you you know it just does the whole job and that's why the bible says his blessings make you rich and there's no sorrow added to them because the the dunamis of god comes in and blasts everything out that would detract from the promise that's why I, I think it's wrong for people to focus on what could go wrong if they got this prayer answered in their lives. You know, you just God's gonna take care of that wrong stuff, honey. Trust me. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. People say, well, you know, I want to reconcile my marriage, but there's no but to reconciliation. You got me? Yeah, I know that. I know what he was like when you left. I know what he like now that you see, but you don't see what God sees. See, we we go by the inspection factor, not the trust factor. Mm-hmm. We're our own blessing inspector, as though we know what God intends for us, huh? Absolutely. We want we want things that we don't have to work for, and that's wrong. You're gonna have to faith works by love. <laughs> love works to to make things right. We want people to come in obedient to us and doing everything we want them to do. And then we'll marry them and live happily ever after. Well, Prince Charming, (laughs) if you were Princess Charming, I guess we could do that for you. But where them cooking skills, girl? Huh? 
Well, see, I'm spirit. No, you ain't spiritual. <laughs> that's, that's the last thing you are, okay? Don't even go there like that. Marshall is a spiritual body. Yeah, I know all of that, right? And you're ready to go to the bank on that brother as quick as he gets in that door. So don't give me the spiritual thing. You already done spent the first year's worth of paychecks with all your plans. <laughs> you got to be willing to give more. Huh? It's a sow and reap situation. It ain't a rip off situation. Why would God get you get somebody to marry you and you rip them off? What do you think he is a mafia? Jeez. Now the Bible is full of of requirements for you. They're not requirements for that other person. Those are your requirements. You reading them, it's talking to you. It ain't talking to that brother. Huh? That brother may be holding on for dear life. He might be in his prayer closet tearing it down. God help me stay another day. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> God has to listen to both people praying. We we think we super saints. He's the only ones we listen to. <laughs> I would tell my husband sometimes. I say, you know, I think God. He he told me that already. I said, really, <laughs> really. <laughs> he talks to you. You know what I'm saying? We get like that sometimes. A little selfish, but you know, love is a giving spirit. It's not taking. It's giving. <laughs> taking is something else. That's wifery. Wifery. <laughs> That's a take ministry. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Am I done? Yes. All right. Thank you, Father. We bless you. We praise you. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. That you you uh, restrain. The love of God restrains us and constrains us to walk with you and walk worthy of what you called us to do. Thank you, Lord, for your presence and your power here among us. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up. I'll pray for you.